Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean of the Philadelphia Inquirer here along with Zach Berman. Z-Berm. Zach, Eagles, Bucks, Sunday, 1 o'clock, Raymond James Stadium. I believe so. That's what it's always been. Yeah, unless, unless the naming rights change. Nick Foles returns to the scene of his first NFL victory and of his 2013 victory. Was that his first start that that year in replacement? In, yes. In, yeah. His first start for... And then he got hurt the following for week. Nick, and then. Uh, for, uh, excuse me, Michael Vick. So he's 2-0 at Raymond James Stadium. He returns there with some good vibes. But... You know, the Eagles are going to need more than just Nick Foles to win this game on Sunday. The Buccaneers put up 48 points on the Saints. And, is Zach, is that, is that number indicative of how talented this offense is, or was that just they caught the Saints on a bad day? It shows the firepower that they have. I mean, clearly you go into this game and the Eagles need to limit big plays, but the reality is so much attention this week, and I've been guilty of this, has been on the 48 points the Bucs scored, and not enough attention has gone to the 40 points they allowed. And that's a pretty significant number, too. And I think that's something that the Eagles can take advantage of. Yeah, seven of those points, seven of those 48 points came on a fumble return for a touchdown. Uh, so not all from the offense. Dirk Cutter joked uh, when he was asked, what was he asked exactly? He's like, did you expect 48 points? Mm-hmm. I expect 51. Yeah, Because yeah, we had goal. a missed field goal. Yeah. Uh, but in rewatching the game, I mean, w- let's talk about the offense first. What impresses me the most is just that receiver core. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to throw the tight ends in there because they're kind of tight end slash receivers with O.J. Howard especially. And how Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't afraid that – well, number one, Dirk Cutter isn't afraid to have his quarterback throw the ball down the field. And number two, Fitzpatrick isn't afraid to throw it down the field. And not just because he's a little bit of a gunslinger, but because he can trust his receivers. These are guys who can go up and get the ball. Sure. And Fitzpatrick hasn't lasted this long in the NFL by accident. You don't make, I believe, 14 years, seven teams. You don't do that um, just because you're a good guy. I mean, he can play the position. Of course, that you're, you're on seven teams for a reason. <laughs> yes, exactly. That it, Because he's a good backup quarterback who can be a spot starter, and that's what he's been for Tampa Bay. But that was a career game last week. I don't see him doing it again. New Orleans really didn't get to him, and I think that's going to be the difference. I think the Eagles' defensive line is going to get to him. But you're right about the wide receivers. That's a big challenge. I like all three of them. Chris Godwin's really coming along. Actually, on their depth chart, they list Deshaun Jackson or Chris Godwin as their number two receiver. That kind of shows the respect that he has. Mike Evans is one of the best receivers in the NFL. His contract shows it. His stats show it. And then O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray are are two good tight ends as well. Um, So they have a lot of weapons. And the key for the Eagles is going to be the pass rush. Right. So so Mike... You know, Mike Evans is a big guy. He's like 6'3", 6'4". He can go and get six the five, ball. Yeah. Is he 6'5"? Yeah. Okay, 6'5". He can go and get the ball. And not only that, he's physical at the line. Mm-hmm. So if Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby, whoever's matched up against him, can't you know get their hands on him at the line, he's going he's gonna to be able to push off and, get, and have his way with them. Um, you know, Deshaun Jackson, we all know about his speed. You know, those deep posts, I mean, or deep corners, he can beat anybody in the league still this, at this uh, point in his career. The question is whether he's going to play. Now, he didn't practice on Wednesday, but he did practice on Thursday. Yes. So that would seem to indicate that he can go, that he's through the concussion protocol. The only issue is that he's also got a shoulder injury, mm-hmm. so maybe he's not ready to go. Chris Godwin, I've known since his days at Penn State, watched him a lot there, really like him. He made one spectacular diving catch against against the Saints, uh, a touchdown right inside the pylon. This kid can play. Obviously, as you mentioned, the fact that they kind of have either or as the first-team wide receiver on that, on that Z side, 
tells you that Godwin's going to replace Deshaun Jack. I mean, this is the guy that's going to step yeah. in and that and then that receiver role at some point. Um, and I've liked OJ Howard since he's been in Alabama, first round pick. Pick and he really came on late, late last year. He had six touchdowns. He led the team in touchdowns mm-hmm. last year, so he's a big target in the red zone. Uh, my question to you then is if they, if they have troubles through the, through the air, and let's say if even if it's, even if it's Fitzpatrick, excuse me, isn't as good as he was last week, I still think they're, they're going to be able to move the ball on the Eagles through the air. They don't have much in the run game. And if the Eagles shut that down, then all of a sudden you kind of make them one-dimensional. Well, you tell, tell uh, the listeners a little bit about the Bucks' run game. Yeah, so they invested a second-round pick in Ronald Jones, and they were it seemed like they were hoping he would take that job after losing Doug Martin. Um, but Jones had a really bad preseason, was inactive week one. They're going with Peyton, with Peyton Barber as, as their starting running back, and, and he's a good hard runner, uh, was an undrafted player, I, I believe, who, who came on late last year. But he's not someone who really you're intimidated by going into a game or you kind of circles number on the game plan. Yeah. So I, I, I do think that, that Tampa Bay is going to have to beat the Eagles through the air. The Eagles always make it a priority to stop the running game first. That's the way this defense is built, try to make you one-dimensional. The reality is, though, this week you want Tampa Bay to run it as opposed to passing it. You know, And, and you, you're, you're confident that you can bottle up their run, but you don't want them dropping back 40, 50 times. Right. The, the offensive line's okay. Not great. I mean, they went out and tried. They've improved it these last few years. Donovan Smith, uh, Smith, another Penn Stater, is at left tackle. Jason Lighton, he, he likes those Penn State he guys. He likes those Penn State guys. He yeah. likes those former Eagles. Yes. Yeah, yeah Vinny and Nimbo. <laughs> Vinny Carroll. We'll get to that side of the ball. Um, I would imagine Eagles defensive line has the advantage mm-hmm. here. They played. They were the best unit probably in the entire, entire Eagles uh, squad in the opener against the Falcons. They also get Nigel Bradham back. That's huge. That's going to help them significantly. Who do you think will be the third linebacker, uh, Camus, Gruger Hill, or do you think it will be Nick Gary? I think both are, are, are going to rotate in there. My guess is is Camus starting. I'm not positive on that. That being said, I think the Eagles are in a lot of nickel this week. Yeah, and then that therefore you'll see you know Sidney Jones, who you know I thought he was up and down, more down and then up later in, in the game. I think even when we asked Jim Schwartz about that, he was like, you know, he was. He, he's like he was like everybody else. Now, if you ask him to compliment Jordan Hicks or some other guys, he, or Fletcher Cox, he, he talked about how great they played. So, I mean, Sydney's still learning. He's never played slot before, so I think it's going to be a little bit of a work in progress here. And you can also see some some Corey Graham too, uh, because yeah, like like you mentioned, nickel. Tampa Bay likes those tight ends. They have the athletic tight ends. The Eagles have kind of gone with that look against athletic tight ends. But when they go twelve personnel, I mean, Eagles are probably going to have three tight end, three linebackers out yeah. there, so they're going to get matchups. That may not favor them. You have Nate Gary or, or Nigel Bradham on, the, on one of those tight ends, and those guys can get down the field. That is true. It's, it's going to be something to watch. Okay, right? on the other side of the ball, uh, you know, you mentioned the defense put up 40 points, although the Saint offense is, is pretty good. you got Drew Brees, yeah. you got Alvin Kamara, maybe the best receiving running back in the NFL right now. You yeah, Michael, Michael Thomas, Thomas, 16 catches, yeah. Yeah, you have a good offense, and, and they're playing at home on, the, on that fast track. So you don't want to kill them. Um, that being said, they do have a number of injuries that are going to hurt them. Yeah, so when you look there, uh, they they're missing Vernon Hargraves. Yep. Um, they're have have Brent Grimes, who hey, he's been out this week. Jason PR, I'm sorry, Jason Pierre Paul was back at practice today. He's, he's, he's dealing with a knee. Yeah. But those are three starters there, um, and 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 then also the first round pick uh, from Washington, Vita Valle, I, oh, I believe. Yeah, yeah. He's been banged up as as well. Yeah, he was on the injury report as well. Uh, 
So we did a lot of familiar faces up on that line, not a lot, but two, mm-hmm. Vinnie Curry and Bo Allen, both stars. Uh, but the guy, the linchpin of that line is Gerald McCoy. He's kind of like, uh, at this point, maybe a little bit of a lesser version than Fletcher Cox. Still still a game wrecker. I don't think he's as good as he's Cox. He's up there, though. But he's up yeah. there. And he's long been uh, terrorizing the Eagles as a three technique. Uh, you know, who's going to probably see the most of, of him on Sunday? Yeah, so you're looking at the interior line there, and, and, and that's going to be the big question, is, is can the Eagles withstand that on the interior? I think they can. They're going into this game focusing on him. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, when you have the interior rusher, you're relying on Jason Kelsey in double teams, and I think you'll see that again. Yeah, I think they're going to have to double him. And Brandon Brooks is t- talking about and I think Brandon Brooks will probably see him yeah. more than anybody else if they're going to go one-on-one. And Brooks has talked about he's faced him before, and I said, how'd you do it? And he's like, uh, yeah, you win some when you lose some. So meaning that you know you, you had some wins against McCoy, but going one on one against him, you're gonna you're gonna lose some. Now the uh, Eagles think Brandon Brooks is the best guard in football, and he's not far from it. No, so I mean he, he plays at a real high level. Uh, but but I, I do think you're 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 gonna have Kelsey contributing there. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, and then also McCoy occasionally lines up over center, so um, you know from that from that zero technique spot. So you know he'll, he'll give them a run for their money. But but then you also have Vinny on the outside. Um, he had a sack in his first game for the Bucks. Bo is, uh, we all know Bo, he can play, he certainly can get after the quarterback as well. On the defensive side, I mean, at the linebacker spot, you have two athletic guys, although they got torched last week. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I was looking at the you know, pro football focus, does a pretty good job of, of logging numbers. 15 targets, 15 completions against Levante David and, and Quan Alexander. Alexander. So I don't know if that's, you know... Both Eagles, those guys have a track record, though. They're good players. Right, and Alvin Kamara, again, like I said, is yeah. probably the best receiving running back in the league, and I think a lot of those catches... Uh, a lot of those throws against those linebackers went to him. Now, the Eagles have an injury update here at one of their running back spots. Yeah, Darren Sproles has a hamstring injury. was not at practice on Thursday, limited on Wednesday. That would suggest the injury occurred during Wednesday. There's still some time before the game, but it's something to monitor. Uh, Corey Clement would take on a bigger role if Sproles is out of the line. Yeah, and then I guess Small would be, would be act. I mean, Smallwood would have a larger role. He could, but I, I still think you'd see a lot of Jay and, and Corey. You, you know, the Eagles wide receivers, you know, didn't do so well no, in the first game. It, it's a problem right now. Yeah, and they, and they, they brought in Kamar Aiken. Marcus Wheaton is gone. But the, the Bucks are obviously hurting at wide receiver. I mean, excuse me, at defensive back. Their replacements aren't, aren't particularly uh, special. Their safeties are okay. They're kind of they're physical guys. Um, but they should be able to kind of throw the ball down the field if they get the protection that I expect them to get. Yeah, and, and they really didn't have success going to Mike Wallace last week. I think you're going to see yeah. – they're going to hit. Those aren't high percentage passes, but Mike Wallace can still get deep. Nelson Aguilar was was high volume but not getting the yards in week one. He'll get the yards. And I, I think the big thing, too, is Zach Ertz is a better tight end than he played in week one, and he's going to have a, a better game. I think the Eagles are going to move the ball. I think Nick Foles is going to have a good game. We talked on the last podcast about Foles' history in Tampa Bay. I, I see him getting his, his third win there, and I, I, I see him rebounding with one of those good Foles efforts. Yeah, well, I mean, what would be some of the things you would do to get Foles going? I mean, everyone's talked to the shorter passes early on, the RPOs. I mean, they, they did that last week. I think sometimes yeah. you just got to let them rip it. Yeah, and I keep saying it's it's on Foles too. It's not just Doug and Mike Garreau. I mean, Foles needs to complete passes. Foles needs to get the confidence. Um, but, but I think hitting Zach Ertz, I think the receivers making plays, uh, and and then just moving the chains and being able to get in tempo. The reality is when you, when you have incompletions, 
you can't get the tempo that they want. Um, and, and so if, if, if they can get some catches, move the chains early on, I think that will help. Now, we've heard this week that one of the things that surprised the Eagles was that the Falcons last week, the Falcons went with more cover two than they usually do. They're, they're more of a single high um, man defense. And my question to you, and I'm wondering this, is that are they going back to the playbook for, for beating Nick Foles, which is just to play back a little bit and say, hey, Nick Foles beat us, you know, because you're, you're going to have to throw downfield mm-hmm. against the cover two. Uh, you're going to have to throw in those turkey hole spots along the sidelines. And sometimes Nick's, Nick can't make those throws. So Tampa, from what I understand what the players are saying, they play a lot of quarter zone. I'm certainly they play man, and they'll mix in some other stuff. But do you, do you think we'll see maybe that, you know, I hate to say Tampa two, but it is Tampa. <laughs> it's not the traditional Tampa two, and you don't have uh, – you know, the same defensive coordinator running that defense. Um, but uh, Monty Kiffin, right? Monty Kiffin uh, is the Tampa 2 guy, Tampa yeah. Guy. And then Mike Smith now is Mike the Smith, coordinator. Right. But my point is, do you think that, like, we're going to see, until Nick starts beating guys downfield, that we'll see a lot of Tampa 2? It's a good question. Maybe so. Um, I don't have enough confidence in that to say it. But, but certainly you propose a good point there. I, I think teams are, are going to try to force Foles to get to his third and fourth read. Uh, when Foles can throw to his first read or second read, I think he's a much better quarterback. Um, now, now that's that's kind of stating the obvious, yeah. but 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 that's when he's best. When when he needs to start scanning the field more, I think that's when he's not as effective. Yeah. And, and so I think that's what teams are going to force him to do. And I think that's what you saw Atlanta do last week is is take away the first option, complicate things for him, and, and make him have to read the defense. Right, and he has to do that more if he's got third and long. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles, they had that early on because they couldn't get the run game going. So if they can get JHI going, I think you got to feed him early. And he's getting ch- uh, chunk yards on first and second down. You make it a lot easier in Nick on third down. He just has one or two read throws, and that's when the offense starts moving. That's when you can really get in a rhythm. But we're going to use a lot when we talk about Nick Foles. And and the and the offensive line needs to keep him clean, and and that's the key too. We talked about Gerald McCoy, but if if you get that pressure up the middle against Foles. He starts to roll out. It's it's a it's a different story. It's a different story than when Carson Wentz is in the game too. Um, so you you want Foles to get rid of the ball quickly. I think that's my emphasis. And I'm going to throw you um, a little bit for a loop here. We're going to discuss beforehand, but we used to do this when we did our our previews for the game. Mm-hmm. So who's what was it? We used to have like a one standout guy or one guy that you predicted would have a big uh, part of the game. Yeah. All right, who's your guy for this for this uh, Sunday? Mike Wallace. Okay. I think I think Mike and I don't think Mike Wallace is going to have a hundred yard game. But I think Mike Wallace is going to rebound from last week. And I think there's a lot of uh, – I shouldn't say a lot because I, I haven't sampled every fan, obviously. Yeah. But, but there's been conversation this week. Is Mike Wallace a disappointment? Is he, you know, is he the same – is he the player the Eagles thought they signed? And I think Mike Wallace can still get deep. I think Mike Wallace is still an effective player. And I think Mike Wallace is going to show it on Sunday. I'm going to go with a pretty obvious guy. But I just feel like this is his – year to almost even start entering into the realm of one of the top defensive players in the league, and that's Fletcher Cox. Okay. And, and I think what we've seen out of Cox before is, like, last week I thought was one of his best games. And we've seen before with Fletcher, he doesn't um, always have that, like, a long streak of those types of games. I mean, if you're going to knock it on anything, I guess I mean, it's, it's a it's kind of a weak way to, to uh, criticize him, and I might even criticize him at all. But I think what we'll see here is multiple games in a row in which – Fletcher's just wrecking the games. And I think, you know, he can do that against this interior of the Bucks defense, uh, offensive line. If he does that, then, I mean, it's going to be really hard for, for any quarterback, but Ryan Fitzpatrick in particular. I know he can move. He's a little, still mobile at 36, but uh, Fletcher Cox is a guy I would look out for. What's your 
final score of the game. Yeah, so it, it was interesting when I, I, I looked at the Vegas line here that the over-under, I believe, was 44 points. And last week, you know, the the Saints were in an 88-point game. But the Bucks and Saints were in an 88-point game. Uh, I, I, I think that number suggests this is not going to be a shootout, that 44 point over under um so i i had the eagles winning this 27 21 um you know i i think the game will be played in the 20s i don't think it's gonna be played in the 40s like last week i don't think the i I think if that happens it favors tampa bay uh but i'm expecting the story to be different about nick Foles on monday morning than it was last friday morning yeah i think vegas is looking is thinking that that opening you know 48 that the bucks put up is is an anomaly and they're looking at the eagles offense and it's kind of an ineptitude in that first game and maybe they think it's going to carry over uh i don't think the offense is going to be as bad as it was against the falcons i think they'll be able to move the ball more against this defense so i'm gonna say i haven't even written it yet but i'm gonna go with uh let's go with 30 okay which is probably a little more than I than would like, but let's go with thirty, and we'll go with the Bucks twenty. Thirty to twenty Eagles over the Bucks. What's the story about Nick Foles after the game? I, I agree with you, Nick Foles. It's gonna be Nick Foles back on track. I think mm-hmm. the you know the environment will will do him favors. Mm-hmm. He's had uh, some good experiences in Tampa. Uh, the opening, uh, you know, the first victory of his NFL career when he called a shot. Mm-hmm. The sidewinder. It was, it was, it was, uh, it's a quarterback sprint out. Q a solid sidewinder was the name. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, roll off the tongue like the Philly special, but he, uh, he called that play and, uh, Andy Reid and Marty Morningway said, go for it. And he converted. The rest is history. The rest is is history. Jerry Mack, uh, Jeremy Macklin. Remember Jason Avant's one-handed catch that game? I do. Yes. I, I vividly remember. It it happened right in front of the press box. So I think we were almost like on that. Near that, I think he caught around the thirty or so. I don't think we were far that far down, but that was the last win in, of Andy Reid's career with the Eagles. That's correct. Yeah, because then they win, so they went four nine, and then they lost to the Bengals on Thursday night, which Selica, it was the only game Selick missed. Yep. Right, Selica suffered a concussion on the first play from scrimmage in that Bucks game. Mm-hmm. So they go on to miss that Thursday night game. Then they lose against the Redskins. Nick Foles broke his hand. And Vic would come back and play in week seventeen against the Giants. Yep, in an utter disaster. Not a nice way to go out for uh, Andy Reid when Nambi showed his true colors. I remember that game it. well. <laughs> we saw. I watched because I, I had to rewatch the game, and boy, Nambi was just bad. that that Bucks game. Yeah, the, but okay, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. That I I I just remember that whole team that year. It was a bad, bad 2012 season. Well, that game, I mean, just real quick before we sign off here, you know, things start, the Eagles went up 10 nothing uh, late in the first half. And, okay, you're thinking, okay, things are going right, well here. 53-yard field goal attempt right before the half. Do you remember what happened? I, I don't. Penalty. Oh, Alex Henry made it. Okay. Penalty. Tries a 58-yarder. Hits off the left upright. First uh, drive for the Bucks in the second half. Muffs punt by Damaris Johnson. I do remember. Okay. And then, then the wheels started coming off. You know, then the Bucks scored 21 uh, straight points. Alex Henry missed a 31-yard field goal. This is, like, typically how they lost. But That was a they, long drive Foles had to win it. How, how yeah, long was that I think drive? that was, like, 75 or okay. you know, something yards. But he had two of them. He had two, yeah. I mean, they, he got the ball back with uh, 7.15 yeah, left, and they were yeah. down 21-10. to 10, And the legend of Nick Foles led him to two touchdowns. 
Jeremy Macklin was effusive about Foles' future after that game. I recall he was, that. yeah. I mentioned that in the, yeah. in the story. I mean, he was predicting almost greatness, and, and Brandon Graham talking to him now, he, he thought, said he felt the same. It's easy to say so now, but I guess you got to give Jeremy Macklin credit. Yeah, and I, I remember some of the Bucks defenders that year said, like, they didn't expect that coming from, from Foles either. That, that surprised them. Yeah, I mean, Michael Bennett was, was on that, was on the opposite side of the line there, who now, now obviously a current Eagle. And he sacked uh, Foles twice, uh, hit him two other times, and he said he was impressed by how he just kind of kept getting back up. So maybe we'll see that Nick Foles again this Sunday. I think we will. All right, that's it for Bird's Eye View Podcast. That's Zach Berman. I'm Jeff McLean, and we'll talk to you Sunday after the game.